welcome to week number 229 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. What up, Steve? You know, same old, same old. That's what people same say. Old. Someone does. Not a lot of people, but people Just say. Living the dream, Steve. Living the dream. Which dream? The dream. Living the dream. I don't Living know. the dream. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We watch we watch and you listen you're not really watching but we watch all of tgif maybe you watch along too and then follow along with us as we uh discuss it 30 years later because we're procrastinators and it took us that long to do this what are you talking about i did this the first time did what i did this like in real time oh you did this but podcast did, back in 94 I didn't, I didn't do the i didn't do the podcast part but i did the watching part did you write it down <laughs> I still don't write things down. Did you take notes? I don't take notes. Did you just remember all this? No, I take notes for this because I can't remember all this. That's what I mean. What did you do back in 94 when you did it the first time? Ate pizza. Oh. Uh, we got four brand new shows to talk about today. Before we do, thank you to Ailey for the theme song this week. Thank you, Ailey. T-G-I-F-Cast at gmail.com. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song at T-G-I-F-Cast on all social media, follow us, find out where we'll be, and we will uh, post there sometimes. We will do that. All those things you just said, we will do. We will. Uh, like we said, we've got four new episodes to talk about. These aired back in 94. What was the exact date these aired on? These would have aired on Friday night, February 4th. 1994 got two stories for you um neither of that exciting honestly uh we'll start off with some sports january 30th 1994 super bowl 28 concluded as the buffalo bills lost their fourth consecutive super bowl this time to the dallas cowboys i remember those days yeah everyone thought they were gonna win some point i remember sitting in my grandparents house watching the super bowl every single one of those years my parents would would drop us off with them and go to a super bowl party somewhere oh we're doing a super bowl party at my house again if you want to come nachos probably um i well i'll be in tokyo the night before so i'll see what i can do you're going to tokyo no you're not going to tokyo oh you're not taylor swift that's a joke that's where taylor swift is going to be the night before she will be. Um, and then maybe She'll be at the Super Bowl. We'll see. Guarantee it should be at the Super Bowl. Tokyo 100%. is going to let her use their teleporter, and uh, she'll be right she doesn't, need a, she doesn't need a teleporter. She just needs to get to Tokyo. She, she can get to Tokyo. She's supposed to, no, get, she, she needs to get to uh, Las Vegas. No, She's already in whatever. Tokyo. Tokyo, whatever. Word on the street, she'll get there at 4 p.m. Uh, how, what's, what's, how's the international dateline affect that? Uh, Dallas Cowboy running back Hall of Famer Emmett Smith is your uh, MVP. And then other news, we've got uh, some political trade news, I guess. I think it's a big deal, though. Uh, President Bill Clinton lifts the U.S. trade embargo against Vietnam. I'm sure that was a big deal. Probably still is. Cool. I feel like, yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know what that did. Or What do we get from Vietnam? Do we get anything cool? Uh, I mean, I have, I, I, I work with some folks that do some tech outsourcing in, in Vietnam. These, uh, socks that I'm wearing say made in Vietnam on them. There we go. I mean, both of us immediately knew one thing that we get from Vietnam. I don't think socks say where they're from. They could. They don't say made in Vietnam. You, you made that up. I did. 
We are not off to a good start. We're not being honest here to our to our listeners. I'm in Tokyo. You got socks from Vietnam. All honesty. What, that's not a thing. People don't say all honesty aside, do they? That's like if you're trying to lie. All things aside. All things aside, we don't know if we're going to be at GalaxyCon yet, but we'll let you know if it happens. Well, no, we, we'll be there. We will be there. We don't know if we're doing a show, but we will be there to talk to Julia White. Yes. Confirmed. Talk. Unless he cancels. Talk to Julia White. It's going to be a good one. Got a feeling. The episode, not GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon's always good. <laughs> it's true. It's going to be real good this year. They, they keep announcing some bangers. I, they do. I'm worried, but we'll see. Why? Last year they did. I mean, they pulled it off last year. How many cancellations last year? Not really any? Not a, not a lot. A yeah. handful, maybe. But they still had a crazy cool lineup. It was, just, and they said this year, they said they this year they're selling less tickets so that it's not as crowded. The lines aren't as bad. They said that they're going to try to do what they can to make it work. But now mm. they're like nickeling and diming you on every other little side thing. Like, you even got to pay to go see the Lawrence Brothers do their podcast. And it's like, come on, who's going to pay? For yeah, that? our podcast costs $100 to get to, and you just pay directly. Not true. Us, it's so. free. It's free. All all things aside, it's free. Just send us. Uh, we should. Okay, it's free. We'll pay you. We'll get everyone that comes gets a dollar. Uh, a dollar for everyone? You worried? <laughs> that we have to fork out $17? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. A little bit. We all, we, there have been, we've kind of promised pizza multiple years in a row and not delivered on that. Um, I'm down for pizza. The problem is, is it going to help? It's not a I mean, problem. It just, is it going to help? Is anyone going to come because we have pizza? Has extra pizza ever been a bad thing? It's never been a bad thing. So it's a problem. Where are we getting it from? Somewhere cheap? Uh, Sure. I don't know. It doesn't have to be that cheap. It'd be like that uh, Da Vinci Pizza Asante's? Right I like there. Asante's. Sure. Asante's works. Wherever. Someone's got to go pick it up outside. Okay. We, of course. Oh, you mean drive all the way to Asante's? Oh, you mean get them to deliver? Yeah. I mean, that just drives the price up. But sure, we could do that too. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Should we get in these episodes? Is there anything sure. else? No, well, we're not ready yet. We, we're, we have a couple other things. Movies, music, Wolves number one. No, wait, is there a change? Yes, it's back. It's back. Doubtfire. Tenth, tenth weekend of release. Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, well deserving. Back. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It is the last time we will see it. Um, but Miss Doubtfire, number one movie this week. Uh, number one song has not changed. It is still All For Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. The Three Musketeers of, I don't know what, contemporary pop rock. And I, I don't still don't even know what that song is. And it's All For Love and All For One. Wait, wait, wait and it's nope. All For nope. One and All For Love. And it's from the Three I, Musketeers I soundtrack or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's is. like the song that they play like over the credits. <sighs> It's a good. I mean, it's a banger. It's a banger. It's it's a good song. I mean, you got three three talented dudes singing a singing a ballad. It's a it's a good song. It's all for one. I think it's all for one, and then all for love. Whatever. It's you ready? Ready. All right. We're starting off at eight o'clock. It's Family Matters season five, episode sixteen. Presumed Urkel is the name of this episode. If I watch the right one, we'll start off. You did. We got Steve, we got Eddie, they're in science class. Steve is uh, working hard on like a project for the science fair, right? 
Right. Yep. He's got the science fair project that he is. He's doing his science stuff for chemistry specifically. Um, Eddie is busy. He's looking at a swimsuit magazine. He said some line here. I forgot what it was, but I was like, it's a little scandalous for TGIF. But oh, talking about the girl's uh, thong or something. Oh yeah, well, like and he's like you know the what noise they call it, it a makes. thong because if you pull it off and are you snapping it, it go thong. All right, what's up, Cisco? Um, so <laughs> this is pre Cisco. I know. Uh, from here, Urkel goes and talks to the teacher. He's like, "Hey, teach, what's up? Uh, I need some extra time to work on this science fair project. Is it cool if I stay after class and work?" And he's like, "Whatever, fine." Just a note, this is the second time this guy's played a science teacher and he's a different character and different name in both episodes, which is annoying. Why not just have him be a science teacher? I'm assuming family matters both times? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. They just gave him a different name. Gave him a different name. They probably forgot who he was or that he had been on it before. And then, like, this guy didn't want to stand up and say, hey, I've been on the show before and uh, my name is Mr. (laughs) Wilson. Don't you remember who I am? So uh, the bell rings, Steve stays after class, and uh, surprisingly, there's some other kid there, too, that's also staying after class. Uh, I wrote his name down at some point, I believe. But, Dexter uh, Thornhill. Dexter is his name. And uh, you can tell these two don't like each other. So evidently, Dexter was supposed to become a recurring character and be like a foil for oh. Steve. But I mean... He it didn't, it didn't work out. This is the only episode that he's in, and I can understand why. I didn't really care didn't for him get, as a yeah. character. So yeah. they start getting at each other, and this is immediately where we get our diss of the week. Yeah, well, you better lay out the pickles before bedtime, Thorny, because you're dreaming. Don't you ever point a rubber glove at me. <laughs> so after this, they decide to have, like, I don't know, like an unofficial quiz-off. They keep trying to, like, one-up each other, asking, like, these science questions and... They both get a couple white, right? But uh, eventually Steve wins and uh, he tells Dexter to scram. Yeah. So Dexter leaves. Go a little bit later. Still working on. Well, no, I think we go take a shot of the hallway and all of a sudden. Right, we're in the hallway. The science lab explodes. Great special effects here, though. They really really are just going all. I mean, they're spending money on destroying stuff this season. Yeah, this one they liked so much they used the clip like three or four times throughout the episode. But uh, I mean, they blew a hole in the wall. It's awesome. a hole. I love like it. a giant hole. I love that Steve I, I have no walks problem. through. Yeah, Steve comes out of this hole in the wall and Fire. Uh, a, a pretty hilarious line here. The ja- the janitor's like, "Did you do that?" And he's like, "No, I didn't do that." Yeah, I like that stuff. So that's where we leave that. We go to the theme song. We come back. Now we're at the Winslow's house. Harriet's trying on some uh, some like high heels or something like that. Laura compliments her and the heels. And then Laura and Harriet start to talk about Steve. This is like the big news that's going on throughout the town or yeah. throughout Chicago right now. Um, biggest part of this, the school might actually expel Steve Urkel for blowing up the science lab. Right. So they think that he did it and, and he's going to get expelled. That's crazy. I mean, I get it, I guess. But geez, man, that sucks. I don't. Get Laura, it. I don't get it at all. Well, look, unless he blew it up on purpose, you're not going to expel okay. a kid for like someone's science experiment blowing up a school. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. I mean, I feel like you got to do something, though, right? Like there's got to be some kind of correct, like maybe just. Yeah, it's like, hey, Steve, attention. sorry, you can't use the science fair after class anymore. It's not his that's fault. Fair. 
That's fair. That's fair. Well, maybe. I mean, he was mixing chemicals and stuff. Yeah, like with permission from just, the teacher. Yeah, but you can't just like you gotta have. I, don't know, I feel like you, that's the kind of thing where you, if you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it. And if you if you don't know what you're doing enough to cause an explosion to that level, then you don't know what you're doing. So Steve so. is uh, claiming it is not his fault. He didn't do this. It's has nothing to do with his science project. And Laura believes him and says the only thing she can do is represent Steve in a student trial. Right. And I, I don't really understand this part, too, where she's like, I want to help. But if I if I help him, then I'm really putting my, you know, I'm putting my neck on the line. Like, I don't understand well, what no, her consequences no. are. Her consequences are everyone in the school wants him gone, wants him expelled. Oh, that's right. OK, I see. I see. I see. So yeah, if yeah. she supports him and gets him out of this, then he's still in school and everyone's going to be fair like, enough. oh, it's all over. Fair enough. Okay, all right. Fair enough. So that's what's going on there. Um, we go to the school. It's before the trial. We see uh, Weasel and Eddie come in. They talk some kid into like giving up his seat, saying that his uh, girlfriend's making out with someone in the parking lot. They sit down. Waldo comes in in a Boy Scout uniform and bringing in the American flag. I didn't get this bailiff joke. Maybe you can explain it to me here. Well, because he says, I'm the bailiff. And Eddie's like, it's bailiff. And he's and Waldo says something about like, I mean, he's like, good, good try, Eddie, but you're pronouncing it wrong. It's bailiff. Like he's trying to correct the pronunciation. What's a bailiff? Nothing. It's just it's just he's pronouncing it wrong. What does that have to and do with dressing up as a Boy Scout, right. though? Oh, he said that he's wearing a Boy Scout uniform because a bailiff is supposed to wear a uniform. That's the only this reason he's wearing a Boy Scout. It's the one uniform that he has. It's just the uniform. Find, that he, yeah, the, right. Exactly. Right. All right. So he brings in the American flag. He's the bailiff. Um, bailiff. How do you actually say it? Bailiff. Principal, uh, what's his name? I want to say Yamamoto. Shimada. Shimada. I was actually watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote last night that he was on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was like, hey, Principal Shimada. So Principal Shimada comes in. He's going to be the judge in this trial. And uh, he's all business when, when it gets this trial. This is important. He needs to figure out what's going on. So trial begins. Uh, right from the start, Steve and the principal start talking back and forth in Japanese, and the principal pretty much just tells him, stop sucking up. Yeah. It's a pretty cool little scene, though. No, I liked it. Um, the, uh, Dexter kid, he's gonna be the prosecutor, which doesn't seem fair, against, uh, Steve. I mean, someone's gotta be it. Yeah, I guess. And then, uh, as the trial is getting ready to really kick off, Myra runs into the courtroom, which is the cafeteria, and says, Steve didn't do it. I am the one that blew up the science lab. And uh, she tries to take the blame. She hand, puts her hands out to get cuffed. But Steve knows she didn't do it. She wasn't even at school that day. And then the two of them have a romantic kiss in the middle of the trial. She was trying to take the fall for her man. I still don't even understand if she goes to this school. but She I'll does. Kinda... She does. There was an episode where she transferred. Or transferred? Something. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. So after their big old making out kiss. Uh, the well, they do this whole scene, though, leading up to make out kiss, which I think is important because it are not important, but fun to talk about because they kind of cut to this like dramatic, like 50s noir, like him and him and, you know, Myra. Steve and Myra talking about how like, you know, he's going down the river and all this, you know, very dramatic movie style scene. Prosecution calls the first witness to the stand science teacher, Mr. Sweeney. 
And uh, the two big important things out of uh, these this section of questioning was uh, the last person that Mr. Sweeney saw in the science lab was, in fact, Steve Urkel. And uh, he left before he saw the explosion, so he didn't actually see what happened. Right. Key key points here. Key points. Next witness, Carl Winslow to the stand, who admits... As soon as they called Carl up there, I was like, oh, God, I know where this is going. He's going to get... Carl's going to throw him under the bus by accident. Carl admits that Steve has caused numerous amounts of damage to their home, and then we even get a montage of everything that he's blown up and crashed in the uh, Winslow house. I doubt that's even everything. I doubt that's even everything. It probably is, and starting off with him rocketing through the ceiling and ending up on the step-by-step backyard. Yep, and all the glass, all the the times that window's been broken. Um, He also admits that any time Steve does something wrong, breaks something, he is always accepting responsibility for his mistakes. And in this case, he is not because they believe he didn't do it. Yeah, he's getting um, Laura kind of gets gets Carl to that point, which is good. I mean, very valid point. He always admits when he's wrong. Uh, Laura then calls Steve Urkel himself to the stand. Um, we find out that uh, this science fair project that he's working on is a graffiti remover um, and also admits that, uh, yes, some of the chemicals that he was working with are dangerous. They're flammable, but he's very careful with what he does, and he did not mix anything or light anything on fire that would have exploded. And then they go into a little scene where Steve kind of like recreates what happened that day for the courtroom. Yes. Um, I think after this, the prosecution. Well, let's talk about what he says in that scene because he sets up That's what important. actually happened. Yeah, yeah. He, actually, he says that he was doing the experiment. Uh, the janitor comes into the room and he kind of chats with Steve and him chat. And then Steve goes into the closet to get a beaker uh, and that's when the explosion happened which I guess presumably is how we know that Steve survived the explosion because he was in the closet when it happened yeah so Steve went to the closet then the explosion happened Steve was not there for the actual explosion the next uh, witness up is the janitor himself who then also I believe like oh wait wait there was was one other thing here that that, that they do find out in the cross examination Dexter says but wasn't there cheese on the Mm. Bunsen burner isn't that your favorite food? I mean, he does it way better than I just did, but like there's, they, they discovered that cheese was at the scene of the crime. And so it's automatically linked to Steve. And that's where I guess did Laura did, I don't know whoever brings it. The janitor's up next. That's the janitor's up next. That's where Laura brings the cheese back. Yep. Uh, the janitor admits to having a sandwich in his lunch that he had packed his lunch that day. And that cheese was in fact in his sandwich. And the janitor recreates his point of view. What happened? He was making a sandwich and heating it on the Bunsen burner. Yes. So um, when Steve left the lab to go to the closet, uh, the janitor was cooking his sandwich on the burner, but the janitor got an emergency call that he had to run and take care of. And uh, while he was taking this call, what do you say that he took the burner off the, or like took the sandwich off the burner or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, clearly it wasn't, it wasn't 
the janitor anyways, because the janitor was in the hallway. Yeah. And uh, Laura's happened. like, well, why didn't you come forward with this very important information? And he's like, I was worried that I wasn't going to get to be in the school play. <laughs> he starts singing. And then he starts singing. He's not, this guy's not like a famous actor or anything like that. I should, know. Uh, I mean, he's been in stuff, but he's not like, um, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't, nothing stuck out. Okay. Like with I'll the singing up. scene and like the end and stuff, I was like, maybe he is someone like big that I should know. Yeah. yeah I mean, I can look, I can, I can pull it up real quick. Final witness. Dexter Thornhill takes the stand. He admits to, uh, hating Steve Urkel because he always beats him in the science fair. And then Laura kind of gives her hypothetical version of what she thinks actually happened that day in the science fair. Um, she thinks that Dexter blew it up, but he's like, you can't prove anything. And then uh, she's like, oh yeah, I can't. She pulls out a black light. She has them turn off all the lights in the cafeteria. And she's like, the chemicals that Steve Urkel was working with, they're black light responsive. Let me see your hands. She turns on the black light, shines it on his hands, and what do you know? They are glowing. And he immediately admits it was he that blew up the science lab. And no one, no one, no one wants to have him expelled at all. No, he's not facing any. <laughs> he's not facing. <laughs> he's, so that guy was on Newhart for like the entire run of the show. 184 episodes. Uh, oh, what was his uh, name? Tom, Bob Tom Newhart. Post, Tom, Tom Poston is his name. Um, character name? That's his actor name. The character is Greg Utley. Greg Buble, Utley, Utley, U T U T L E Y, not Utley, maybe Utley, like Chase Utley, Utley, the baseball player. I would definitely look like a fool then if I was. Hey, what's up, Utley? Does it have like an umlau on the top of it? No, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going Utley. He was on Work and Mindy too for 54 episodes. Yeah, this guy's kind of important, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in a ton of stuff, but like those are his two, I think, biggest credits probably. Uh, Chase oh, Utley's God. dad admits 140. How do you have a thousand and forty-four episodes in five years? What the? Heck? Is there one every day? Principal agrees. All charges are dropped against Steve Urkel. Everyone celebrates, even though at the beginning of the episode we were told that no one wanted him <laughs> to win. And the episode ends. That's it. Do we get a credit scene here? We see uh, Chase Utley's dad cleaning in the hallway once again, singing like he did in the uh, earlier in the episode, and then Steve comes in and joins him for a duet. You know, I think this episode was a good a good show of how the difference between like how you can overact and be good at it, like Steve Urkel, or and how you can overact and be not good at it, like Dexter Thornhill, like. I'm not surprised that character didn't last because the whole time it was just way overacted. Whereas like, I mean, the Urkel character is overacted, but it's done so well that you, you, you like it, you know? Did uh, this Dexter dude, did he go on to do anything else after Family Matters? Uh, or was this the end of his career? This one episode is Dexter Thornhill. No, he did. He did other stuff. I remember looking him up and being like, I wonder, what, I wonder if this guy had anything. Um, let's see. Let's see what his big. He's been in some movies, some like indie movies. Um, I feel like there was something I saw him in that caught my eye. Let's get Dexter Thornhill on the show. Well, that was his first. That was his first acting thing. No, not really. I mean, he's been in other stuff, but nothing. Um, 
I wouldn't say anything of note particularly. We're going 8.30. It's Boy Meets World. Season 1, episode 16. Something family. I don't know what this says. Model family is the name of the episode. Model family. Yep. Uh, it starts off kind of oddly. This, uh, I don't know, like almost a 15, 20 second long clip of Leave it to Beaver. I mean, it's important, the clip, but it's just weird how it's like a full screen clip of that show at yeah. the beginning of this show. I didn't think it was that you weird. You don't see that very just often. Just something different to do. So um, the reason why the clip is played is because Feeney is showing the clip to the class and he's giving out an assignment. He wants everyone to uh, create a model family because uh, that's what he decides to do. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. What he, what he does, he pairs everybody off and has, and the the thing is you are writing what you think a model family member is and then giving it to another person in your family and they have to be that person. Yeah. So, so it's not what a, it's not what a model family, it's not like, you know, husband, wife, two kids. It's Corey, what do you think a model wife is? Okay. Topanga, now you are that model wife and vice versa. Yeah. So he starts pairing people up and, uh, Starts off with uh, Sean and Minkus. They're going to be paired up. They're going to be brothers. Right. And then I think Corey kind of laughs that they have to be brothers. And then he said, and then Corey and Topanga, you are their parents. Exactly. So, yeah, like Travis said, uh, Topanga has to write like a, I don't know, a page on what she feels Corey should be as a model husband. Corey does the same for Topanga. And then Sean and Minkus are writing for each other. That's it. Correct. You got it. Theme song, we come back to the mall food court. Good good set here. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's the same mall as that Family Matters episode. It might be, ago. but it's, it's, got, totally it's gotta be, right? Different though, like with like the food. This is so? like the food court. I mean, they you don't think this. it's just like shot a different angle or like they changed some stuff around. Oh, you think it's actually in a mall? No, I think it's the same set that they use for Family I mean, Matters. It might be, but it's definitely different. Well, I'm saying they can just change stuff inside the set. Like they keep the bones of it, and they change like the sign on the on the on the shop and yeah, move maybe. the tables around. It's possible. Um, Eric's there. He's checking out girls. His friend. Uh, have we seen Jason on this show before? This is his first appearance on Boy Meets World, and he plays basically himself. His character's name is Jason Marsden. Oh, really? So we've seen him on Full House before this, right? We've seen him on Full House. We have seen him here, and we saw him on Step by Step as a different oh, character. Oh, Step by that, Step. Yeah, but he he wasn't. He's the, not Dana's remember, boyfriend yet. Yeah, his name I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but he's not Dana's boyfriend that we'll see coming back, I think, next season. And then is he on Sabrina, too? He is the, is he the, no, you're, you're getting it confused with, he's the voice of the cat in. Goof Troop? Hocus Hocus Pocus. Oh, is that where I'm mixing it up? He's not in Sabrina yeah. at all. He's not Binks. I mean, he might be in an episode of Sabrina. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't thinking the cat. I don't know why I was thinking Sabrina. But anyway, it might be Hocus Pocus what I was thinking. But anyways. I mean, I can look it up. Uh, this woman comes over and she's hot. And, uh, this woman? Do you want to say who the woman is? Oh, is she like a model? Probably. It's Kathy Ireland. Oh. Like one of the most famous models from the 90s. Kathy Ireland's there. She was only on the cover of like every Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for like a decade not really but I'm sorry i don't have sports illustrated issues from the early 90s when i was nine years old or whatever not knowing who kathy ireland is as a guy who grew up in the 90s doesn't make any sense at all look my women of the 90s were sable and sunny <laughs> fair enough but kathy ireland every everyone knew kathy ireland kathy ireland comes over 
talks to uh, Eric. Her name's Alexis in the show. And yes, she's like, is. Eric, you ever consider being a model? And he, I mean, obviously, he's kind of jaw-drop-looking Kathy Ireland at this point. No decisions made. No. Go to the house. Corey, Sean, Topanga, Minkus, they're all working on their project. We kind of learn a little bit about uh, the roles that they're expecting their counterparts to be. I think uh, at least we find out, like, Corey's going to be, like, a hippie-ish person, which you would expect. Topanga's going to be, like, a sports-loving person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minkus is, like, a bad guy. And uh, Sean's kind of, like, a nerdy school guy. They're all kind of, like, their own role. But We don't even find out what Sean's going to be because he takes one look at the, like, paper from Minkus and throws it away because it's 40 pages long. That's right. Um, I don't see any any Sabrina credits on Jason Marsden's IMDb. Uh, Eric gets home at this point, too, and just starts posing in the kitchen. His mom and dad get home, and the word is already out that Eric spent 90 bucks on modeling photos at the mall. <laughs> uh, Amy, and all the kids, I like how all the little kids are like, you got, you got scammed, dude. Like, you got taken advantage. <laughs> like, every single one of the kids, except for Minkus, knows what's up. Yeah, Amy wants uh, Alan to go talk to, um, to, to Eric. So and- well, no. Well, what happens here is Alan starts to freak out, and Amy's like, "No, no, 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 no!" and pulls him outside, and is like, "Look, you've got to let him learn his learn himself. We've got to let our kids figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. And then if he messes up, he'll learn from his mistakes. Right, right. And then while they're talking outside, Eric comes out, and tells his parents, "Thanks for not getting mad at me. I know I messed up. I'm going to go back to the mall, and I'm going to get a refund of my ninety dollars." Basically reinforces what what Amy said. Yep. So that's exactly what happens here. Back at the mall, Eric and Jason are walking up to the modeling booth. Alexis tells Eric, hey, I got you a modeling job at the mall. It pays 50 bucks. And uh, Eric is excited. He thinks this is his big break. He thinks pretty much now he's a model. I mean that's half of his whole half of what he put in. He's already he's already almost made his investment back. Yeah. Two of those jobs. I mean that's and you're true. Good. That's true. Like, like he, she's doing what she said she was going to do. So far, this does not appear to be a scam. Go back to the house. Uh, Corey is talking to his parents about uh, what it takes to be a good husband. Eric gets home and tells his dad, "Take my apron. Quitting the store. My new career is a model." And that's uh, not smart. Now Amy's like, all right, you can go yell at him. now. <laughs> go <laughs> yeah. talk, go talk to Eric. So, uh, the two of them though, they both go out and talk to him and, um, tell him that he shouldn't be doing this. That, uh, well, I say, look, you don't want to give up a steady guaranteed gig just to do this thing that you have nothing, no idea about. We want you to think it through, then make your decision. And he said, all right, thought it through. I want to be a model. Eric uh, I was like, All right. thanks them for letting him make up his own decisions, and he runs out. And then Corey compares uh, this decision to the school project and says he would get an F on his paper if he was the father of this kid <laughs> in this project. And uh, then he tries to flip this onto, hey, can I stay at Sean's house? And it doesn't work. Well, because his dad, like, you got to let people learn, you know, do their own thing. And so that's what he's like, all right, fine. I want to go stay with Sean. No, it's school night. Uh, we're back at the school now in Feeney's class and, uh, the four of them are up in front of the class 
doing, I don't know if this is like a check-in on the project or this is like the end of the thing, but he's got all four of them up and like asking them questions to see how they would handle different situations as their part in the family. Right. And they do this whole, it's kind of, it's, it sounds like it was, it was like pre kind of scripted, you know, what if, what if Minkus wants to get a tattoo? And then Minkus, and then Minkus throws Minkus a curveball. Rips his shirt open. He's got this full torso piece. I couldn't tell what it was. A dragon. It was maybe. a dragon. It was a dragon. It was 100% a dragon. Might have been a dragon. It also could have been Definitely a, a dragon. Phoenix, it was a dragon. A dinosaur or banana. It was a dragon. It was a dragon. So Corey thinks Minkus has screwed up this assignment for all of them, but Feeney explains that this is exactly what he wanted. This is exactly what happens in a real family. Real families have to adapt. Real fathers have to adapt. And, uh,. I wrote down real fathers don't have a script. Yes. I, and I, I wrote down the line after this and I wish I'd written the Hollywood out. line. Yeah. Who actually said which parts of these line? I was hoping this was going to be your diss of the week. Um, so I think it, Corey says the first part. I think it's, you know, I think it's easy to sound smart when you have the best writers in Hollywood and writing Feeney everything you say. says, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I loved it. I was really hoping that was going to be your diss of the week. It wasn't because I already picked one. <laughs> I know, but come on. All right, so Eric's back at the mall. He's got a girl on each arm. It's modeling time. He's got that $50 job today. The photographer's there, and he says, Eric, I need to take you back for wardrobe. So Eric and this photographer head to, I don't know where in the mall, that hallway that's behind really the arcade he's like, probably. He's like really playing up the model thing with these two women. He's like, I'm a mom. I'm like, I'm, you know, wearing like a leather jacket and like, Trying to be all cool. He's like really playing it up. He goes back to change. And then a few minutes later comes back out. Not looking happy because, I mean, he's not in a leather jacket anymore. He is now <laughs> in a giant mascot lobster suit. And he. Hey, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Is real embarrassed. Uh, Corey and Sean show up. The girls are with Jason somewhere. Who knows where they are? They're just like chatting with him over and like food court or whatever and uh eric wants sean and Corey's help you've got to get rid of these girls they can't see me in this lobster outfit so they run to the other side of the food court they talk to jason and the girls they try to get rid of them but then this announcement comes over the speaker of the entire mall everyone come down to the food court if you can dunk the lobster you can win a free lobster dinner and obviously we know what's happening here they take the curtain off the dunk tank. Eric is in the dunk tank wearing his lobster outfit. The girls are, they're laughing at this point, right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, they're making fun of him. It's not a good look. And they have decided they want Jason to dunk Eric to get them free lobster. Uh, hopefully, if, Eric, hopefully Jason shares with Eric, too. Shares what, some lobster? The lobster Or dinner, one of the girls? Yeah. Both. These girls are done with Eric. They're Jason done. is the star hunk now as he dunks Eric. They get their lobster and everyone laughs in Eric's face. Oh, poor Eric. Back Still home. though, he made 50 bucks. He did make 50 bucks. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth 50 bucks. Even he has $50, then. but he doesn't have his dignity. Eric is now begging his dad for his job back, but Alan says, sorry, I already hired someone else. I'm the manager of the store. That is my job. I'm supposed to hire people. We had an employee leave. 
I've already filled your position, and I can't tell him now that you can't work here because my son wants his job back. He does offer him the weekend night shifts, though. Yep, he offers him the weekend night shifts, which he thinks about for a second and then agrees that he will come back. This was his old job, so he's coming back, working the weekend nights, which pretty much ends his uh, high school social life completely. Well, Alan makes the the point that He's probably not going to have much of a social life for the for the short term anyways, given what happened this weekend. Yeah, lobster boy. Um, so Corey explains uh, how both of them make great father decisions, right. tying it's it all a, back to their... Brings a tattoo up, and uh, Alan's worried that Corey has gotten himself a tattoo. He hasn't. That's the end of the episode. Uh, that we know of. That we know of? He hasn't gotten a tattoo that we know of. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, I'm pretty sure the episode ended here. Uh, credit scene. We've got Corey trying to impress Alexis at the mall now. And she's not interested in Corey. He's trying to flex. He's trying to drop all kinds of lines. And uh, pretty much comes down to she knows he doesn't have 90 bucks. So she's not interested. Exactly. Exactly. Nine o'clock. Step by step. Season 3, episode 16, My Bodyguard, my mind immediately went to Austin, season 3, episode 16, and thought, hmm, maybe Stone Cold's in this episode, but it's not true. It is directed by Patrick Duffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Another Patrick Duffy banger. I guess 94 is pre-Stone Cold anyways. (laughs) Cody. It always amazes me, like, how late Stone Cold will. I I always think of him as, like, through the 90s and not... I mean, he was what ninety eight, ninety nine when he came. When did he win King of the Ring? Uh, somewhere was between ninety nine. It was it was definitely after ninety six. His I, okay. I saw him live the for the first time in ninety eight. Okay, so okay. somewhere in that was right. that WCW or no? WCW? The first time I saw him as Stone Cold Steve Austin as Stone Cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Cody comes in the kitchen. He's got something really important to say. Karen and Mark are in there, and we find out. He had a dream. It was a real weird dream about Al, and Al was in jail. He can describe it perfectly. She was wearing a striped shirt. She was behind bars. Um, something about a wheel or something like that. The, well, the shirt had. He didn't know that yet. He says that she had a striped shirt with numbers on it, and that uh, he could see her like behind bars. When there's something about a wheel, it comes back. It comes up in a minute. Because she comes in then. And they're like, "Oh well, the kids are like, no, 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 Cody. Why? How would she even? Why would she even go to jail? Is this a dream." Mark's yeah. like, we know as scientists that dreams have nothing to do with reality. There's, They don't come true or anything. And Cody's like, oh, it will. And then Al walks in with a hamster cage. And Cody's like, that's the shirt. You're behind bars. And this is where he says something about the wheel, I thought. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's why there was a wheel in the, in the cell or something like that. Um, I really hope this hamster has more appearances and they didn't just like, cause she says like, it's our new pet, the, the hamster. The hamster's not on IMDb. No, the hamster's not the penguin from, from uh camp Wilder's not even on IMDb. Need an animal IMDb. Someone get on. That. I agree. I wonder if there is one. I thought I created something yesterday. This is completely unrelated. Uh-huh. Nin- 90 day Beyonce. I thought we needed that too. <laughs> what is that? Like 90 days become Beyonce or. I don't know, 90 Day Fiance, but you have to be Beyonce. Oh, you, you just have a title. You don't have a... That's like, all I have. have all I have is a title. Kind of like wow. uh, Animal IMDb. I mean, we kind of... 
We've got a concept, though. We know what that would be. That would be IMDb with animals. And we don't have a title? Would it be like AIMDb? Uh, maybe just AMDB. Internet. Animal Movie data- Database. Animal Movie Database. Cody's like, my dreams are coming true. This is proof. So, okay. Uh, okay. Theme song, come back. It's a little later now. Karen, Mark, Brennan, and JT, they're all in the kitchen. And they're all super tired. Like, they didn't sleep at all last night. Like, falling asleep where they stay on type tired. Al comes down. She also didn't get any sleep. And we find out it's because... Oh, we think. Go ahead. It's because Frank was snoring real loud. That's what they're all saying. That's what the kids think. Frank was snoring. None of us could sleep. Franks comes downstairs, and he's like, wasn't me. It was your mother, Carol, snoring like crazy, and I didn't get any sleep either. Yep, and right behind him is Carol, and she is perky and ready to go. Well-rested, saying, there's no way it was me snoring. Girls don't snore, and she doesn't believe it at all. And Mark explains to her, because she's getting older and stuff's starting to drop, and then Frank's That's... like, not everything, <laughs> and then they look at each other and smile. And then everyone's grossed out. Real gross. Uh, A little later, Carol is going to the living room to talk to Dana. She wants to invite her to this art museum, but Dana says, I can't go. I actually have an interview for a college in Chicago, and I'm going to that. And Carol's like, well, why didn't you tell me about this? And she's like, (laughs) I didn't want to tell you because every time I tell you, you become too much of these type of things. You want to do this for me and this for me and this for me. And this is something that I just want to do by myself, for myself, and I want to go alone. Okay. I mean, that's that's reasonable. Cody comes in. He had another dream. This time it was about Dana. He saw a man in a dark suit that acted really nice at first, but then at some point attacks Dana. Oh, no. And Carol says, that's it. I'm going with you to Chicago. It's so dangerous in Chicago. I have to go with you. And Cody doesn't even think she should leave the house this weekend. But she's like, no, mom, Cody, I'm going. I'll be fine. All right. Um, It's nighttime now. Carol snoring once again. We see proof that it's Carol snoring this time. And Frank is trying everything that he can do. He can't sleep. He's moving her around, stuffing pillows under her. But uh, he and the rest of the house are all wide awake because of this snoring. I imagine this is what your wife does every night. He sits her up on a few pillows and she stops snoring. That's all he had to do. Until she falls over on him and starts snoring again. Right back at it. All right, so now we are at this college interview. Dana is uh, meeting with the dean. I see the dean, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, he's wearing a suit like Cody predicted. I know, right? I had that same... I was like, is it going to be this guy? That'd be real creepy if it's the dean in his office. It's got to be, right? So he uh, is talking to Dana. They kind of just get started, like say a few things back and forth, but then, well, there's, there's a joke here that is very specific and very nineties okay. where his, his name is, his last name is Stockwell. So he's Dean Stockwell. Um, let me, am I getting that right? Dean St- Yeah, Stockwell. Anyways, you remember quantum leap, right? You know that show. I'm aware of it. 
All right. So like one of the main characters, one of the main actors was Dean Stockwell. And that's why he makes the quantum leap joke. He's like, I've heard it all. Quantum leap, this and that. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, Stockwell. And so it's like such a stupid low hanging fruit joke, but I don't know. It just was, I thought it was funny because they, they decided to put a stupid low hanging fruit joke that had no reference to anything. For all the step-by-step quantum leap fans. Yeah, exactly. Like why? But okay, I'll take it. I like it. So. So in the middle, well, not even in the middle, like right as this interview is getting rolling, uh, <clears throat> kind of like the janitor, right? And the other episode. Yeah. 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 Very uh, the Dean gets interrupted. He's got an important person to go meet with. Uh, there's a new Bas- basketball, basketball player yeah. that apparently you can grab a sandwich off the rim. I thought about family matters again with the sandwich and the janitor. Mm. And he's got to go see this guy and maybe sign him to a scholarship. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so he goes off, leaving Dana all alone in his office. Not sure why did that, but uh, I mean, why not? I, I don't. I didn't see anything wrong with that. I would be like, come back in fifteen back. minutes or wait in the hallway, not hang out in my office where all this important school stuff is. I mean, you want to trust people. He's never. He doesn't know this woman. So he leaves, and she maybe it's, maybe it's a test. Maybe he's got cameras. Maybe it's a test. Maybe there is no seven foot basketball player. No, no, there's no Alexa in there. You don't have to have an Alexa to have a camera. Maybe she starts looking <laughs> right. around. She's going over the curtains. All of a sudden, Cody's in there. He pops out from behind the curtains. And we find out that he came all the way to Chicago. He's been there since 5 o'clock in the morning waiting in this office to protect her because he still thinks his dream will come true. And now she's in this room with this dude with a dark suit who's being really nice to her. So she's like, you got to leave, Cody. You have to leave. And as they're trying to get closer to the door, they hear the dean coming back, the quickest scholarship meeting in the history of scholarship meetings. And he comes back. They hide Cody behind some other curtains again, and they get back into this interview. So they start talking, and uh, he's like, I don't really care about academics at this point. I want to know more about your family life. And uh, she starts talking about, like, uh, her family and, like, the step family that's there. And then I forget what gets brought up, but she's like, well, let me ask. He's you like, something. let me show you one of our buildings. I can't remember what building it is. Like, you know, he's the like library or something. No, he's like, let me show you the Sears Tower outside of this window. Chicago. This is oh. a rural campus in a city setting. Let me show you out this window. And she's like, oh, I can't see it. And he's like, oh, look a little further. And he's like, pokes her head out, like pushes her head under the window. Bit and, about to push her out the window. And Cody's freaking out. He runs over. No. Grabs. Uh, the Dean from behind about the German suplex him on the carpet. Dana's trying to stop him. Of course, Cody thinks that the Dean is going to kill her, that this is the guy in the suit from his dream. Um, go to commercial in the middle of holding this guy and then come back <laughs> to uh, the Dean on Cody's shoulders at this point. Yeah, this is a good scene. A good scene. Uh, Dana eventually convinces Cody, this guy's not hurting me. Please put him down. And then Cody introduces himself to the Dean. The Dean is terrified. The Dean is in pain because he's been thrown around like a rag doll from Cody. And Dana's trying to continue this interview, but the Dean says, 
I've seen all I need. <sighs> Poor Dana. Her chances Dana. at this college in Chicago are over. Done. Get out of here. Dana's real mad at Cody at this point and says, probably the at least the eighth time in this show, I want you out. Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe that's more, I'm thinking, Laura saying it to Steve. But definitely, I mean, this is definitely a Laura, Carl, Steve moment. But, I mean, Dana said some kind of things like this before, but I think this is I by want far, you out of my life, yeah, Cody. This is the most direct and angry, I think, that she has been, Cody. So we've got sad Cody. We've got angry Dana. We go. We don't have sad Cody. We don't. We don't have sad Cody because Cody doesn't. No, Cody doesn't believe her. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. And like, as she like walks out the door, like he just doesn't. It. He doesn't really register her level of of anger. I don't think. Uh, go back to the house with Carol on the phone with Dana. Dana's explaining everything that happened with Cody, and now she's at the bus station, and her new bus is not going to be leaving till midnight. So she's stuck yeah. there for a while. Oof. Um, they, she hangs up, they go, we see the bus station, they call like another bus to get on the bus and like everyone leaves the bus station, leaving only two people in this entire place, Dana and this random guy in a suit, a dark suit. So he starts acting really nice, which is another key. This could be what Cody was talking about. He then starts to get a little pushy, inviting her for coffee and then dinner and then going for a walk. But he's also like getting real close to her, sitting down next to her, putting his arm around her, like kind of starting to get like a little physical with her. And eventually grabbing her. She's trying to get away. This guy is holding her tightly. He's about to murder her in the middle of the bus station. And then Cody shows up. Hero Cody slams this guy into the uh, vending machines and then super kicks a coffee machine right through the glass, which is enough <laughs> to make the man run away. Because that man, the dude tried to like, what are you going to do about it? And Cody's like, I'm going to kick your face. He said, watch this, Shawn Michaels. Boom. Cody checks on Dana. Dana is terrified. She starts to cry in Cody's arms. She was so scared and tells her, he tells her that he was worried. He was all he was thinking about is his dream that it was still going to come true, and he had to come find her. Yes. Of course, she thanks him. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, we do get a credit scene going back to the other subplot with Carol snoring. Uh, all the kids can't sleep in the hallway. Frank comes down from the from down the hall, and he says, "I got a way to fix it." And he's got like soundproofing that he's putting around the door. And uh, I think Mark or someone says, isn't that all this noise going to just wake her up? And he's like, starts hammering and doesn't wake her up. And... He's like, I don't think so, but <clears throat> that's it. All right. So uh, one more show. We've got uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, season two, episode 16, Wedding Bell Blues is the name of the episode. We love a wedding episode here on Two Guys in the Fridays. At least I do. Yeah, most of them. So we're getting it. Not that this is a bad episode, but not all wedding episodes are great. Geneva is uh, watching over Nicole doing her homework. Coop gets home wearing a neck brace. And we find out he's been in his third accident this week in driver's ed. He's tired of it. He's tired of uh, 
PJ putting him in these situations, and Tyler comes over. Tyler's got a uh, autographed Shaq uh, photo and a T-shirt and a CD, right? And CD. Did, what, did he say Shaquille? I, is that who he, he meant with Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. Because I was like, it sounds 100%. like he's saying Shaquille. Did, what, did Shaquille have an album out in 94? Yeah. You say that like with such confidence. Uh, yeah, lots of confidence. Okay. All right. Shaq- it just seems they would have gone with something different than a CD and a T-shirt for Shaquille O'Neal. Why? That's exactly what a, I would think I would get from Shaq if I messaged him in 94. He's a basketball player. Uh, get like a jersey or a basketball. Shaq was very into his rap music. and that, He's still very into his rap music. I'm not discounting 100% his rap music. that's what he's sending is a CD. <laughs> I'm just questioning whether, all right, his first album was 90. Shaq, Shaq Diesel was in 93. Yeah. And Shaq Food to Return was in 94. All look, right. All look, right. he's getting a CD. I just was, I was trying to figure out if that was, if that was who he was talking about. So Tyler's yeah, showing Shaq had, the, Shaq had a new album last year. Tyler's showing this thing off to uh, Coop and Coop's like, well, when I was a kid, I got a Dr. J autograph. And he's like, whoa, that's worth some money. What do you want to do for it? I'll mow the grass for a month. And he's like, two months. And Coop's like, all right, sounds good. Go get the mower. So Tyler leaves. Coop grabs out a pen and a piece of paper and starts forging a Dr. J signature <laughs> right there. And he said, what was the second signature you forged? I don't do you even remember? know. But yeah, he's like, oh, might as well do another one and get the uh, something else done in the, the house. The fence painted too. Yeah. So theme song, we come back. Uh, we got Coop on the couch. Uh, I wrote Raven comes down, but it's obviously not Raven. It's Nicole. <laughs> well, he, he was also, it's also, no, he was like waking up from a nightmare about driver's ed. Which. Uh, and, then Raven, and then Raven comes down. Could be like Cody's nightmares could come true. Could be, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicole comes down. She's really excited. She is getting ready to send out her first fan letter, and she's sending it to Queen Latifah. That's awesome. Uh, Vanessa gets home. Uh, we find out that Steven is leaving her after three years, and I was like, they're not doing this and changing. I know. I was going to be so mad. I was right there, too. Mid-season, are they? And we find I mean, out. She's been dating. What's his name for the whole Thaddeus, season? Thaddeus, yeah. Yeah, we find out, last No, Steven is her hairdresser, and he's moving to uh, go on the road with Janet Jackson, and uh, he, she's going to have to find a new hairdresser. Good for Steven. Uh, doorbell rings. It's PJ, and she's like, I need to talk to Mark alone. And eventually, the girls get the clue. Takes a minute, but uh, she's like, I need a man's opinion. Victor, who we know from past episode, her almost... Correct husband who left her at the altar yes she he wants to try again he asked her to marry him again and she's wondering from coop is this the right thing to do and coop's like no you should not go back to him he left you the first time don't go back to him and then she kind of adds well if i go back to him i'm gonna have to move to chicago with him and he's like all right yeah you should go you should marry him (laughs) I don't Chicago's popular popular uh, this this week. Yeah, for sure. So um, she also says, all right, well, I, I'll marry him, but he wants to get married in two weeks, and I need a place for a wedding. I don't know what to do. And Coop's like, well, you can have our place for the wedding, and uh, then you can get married even quicker. And Coop's like, let's get, you, let's get this done. He's ready. He's like, get out of here. And I P- want a new principal. And then PJ's like, Coop, will you give me away at the wedding as well? Which I thought was kind of weird. But. They've known each other since they were kids. Yeah, they don't even like each other. 
definitely. They do like each other. They do like each other. You know that they like each other. A little later, uh, Geneva is baking a wedding cake, which made me think the wedding was today. But for some reason, she's baking a wedding cake like four weeks before the wedding, it seems like. Not four was weeks. it that far in advance? Not four weeks. Maybe it was only was just, two weeks. But it's days Maybe she was before. practicing. I guess. But I would think you'd make a wedding cake like the day of or the day before, not days before. Well, maybe she's practicing. She's like, let me just make like a. I feel like you don't a, practice a cake like like that. Like a wedding cake's a big deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just Vanessa trying to comes downstairs. Reason. She's got some crazy chia pet hair going on. Uh, Coop gets home, and uh, Vanessa cannot find a new beautician. She's having trouble. She's gone to a mm-hmm. bunch of places, and she can't find anyone that does her hair like Stephen did. Yeah, Vanessa's like, I'll, or Geneva's like, I'll do it. I'll yeah, do your hair for like, you. No I'll problem. do your wedding hair, and great. And Nicole uh, comes down. Or she gets home and she's like, I still haven't got my new Queen Latifah letter. Yeah. Which, how long could it be since that was sent out? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I remember like, if you sent a letter out as a kid, you were lucky if you got something back that year. Um, did, did, did you ever send any, did you ever do any like letters to famous people when you were a kid? Did not, no. I have a letter, I, I was going like years ago, I was going through a scrapbook my, my parents had and I found where I wrote R.L. Stein a letter and he wrote back. Um, you and Tyler are a lot alike. And I also wrote a letter to NASA and included a bunch of like inventions that I drew. And they sent me a letter back. And I'm like, those are great inventions. You should be an astronaut. I was like, well, okay, I'm 10. How'd that work out? I'm not an astronaut and I don't invent things. So. Huh. So Tyler's like, you even got your letter back? What'd you write in your letter? And she's like, well, uh, I mean, I mean, I wrote, I'm a big fan, and can I please have an autograph? And he's like, oh, no, you're doing it all wrong. You got to make him feel bad. And he's like, look at this Michael Jordan watch that I got. And he's like, she's like, what? And then he's like, yeah, I told him, I don't know, what I, something like uh, my aunt makes me eat out of a dog food bowl or something like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, doorbell once again. This time it is Victor, PJ's fiance, and uh, Coop answers the door, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, he admits to uh, Coop that he made the wrong decision ten years ago. He's here to do it right this time. He's brought the yeah. check for the caterer. That's why he's actually there, and uh, just trying to reassure Coop that he's in it for the right reasons. Right, which is, I mean, in in principle, that's great. Good job. Yeah, and then the caterer shows up. Then Nancy, the hot caterer, shows up, and. Uh, he, Victor immediately starts hitting on her, and I don't know what he said, but it was enough to have her start making out with him on the front porch. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's smooth. He's, I, I he's, guess. I mean, it, it it didn't take him any effort. Oh, yeah, he's like something like, do you do private parties? And she's like, what kind of private party? And then they start making out. It's like, really? Yeah. Real smooth. Uh, it worked. I guess. Uh, so Mark, while they're making out, he's in the house and he sees them through the window. And... I mean, the door is wide open. He was literally just talking to Mark. He's <laughs> this is uh, dumb. Mark walks out, immediately fires uh, the caterer, and he's got a real problem with what he just saw. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Coop's like, if you if. If PJ finds out, she's not going to marry you. And he's like, well, she doesn't need to find out then. Right, right, Coop? And uh, he's like, look, Victor, you need to chill out. I need to go find a new caterer. 
in the kitchen. Nicole, it's got to be another day. Still upset about not having her Queen Latifah letter. And what do you know? Tyler comes in from the back. He's got a package. It's from Queen Latifah. It's an autographed photo. She's so happy. Then Geneva comes in from the living room. She's got a package from Queen Latifah in a different envelope. It's another autographed photo. And at least one of them have forged this picture. But obviously, Nicole knows that both of them did. And that it's all just it's all just a ruse. Yeah. Um, PJ comes over. She's got the original cake topper where they got married the fir- or almost got married the first time with uh, Victor's head bitten off of it. Coop almost gives up Victor at this point, but it doesn't happen. And then almost tells her the truth, but uh, decides to hold well, back and not say anything. This whole scene's a lot funnier though, because he because he thinks that she like I think she oh, yeah, he thinks that right. she knows, and he's like, oh no, Victor and Thad were making out. The, yeah, it starts off like porch. she's like something like, oh, what, what would what would you do if a guy was cheating on a girl? And he's like, oh no, I should have told you earlier. And then like she's like because the the workshop guy at school or oh something. yeah yeah the yeah. Was, the guy in the teacher shop, yeah. Yeah, and then he turns it into Thad and him making out, which freaks out Vanessa worried. That, <laughs> Thad and, Thad and, and Victor making out, right? Or no, or Thad, Thad and, the, the, and the workshop guy. Was it Thad and the guy from the workshop? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then... <laughs> Vanessa's like, what? Whoa! What a... Now, it's, wed- okay. now okay. it's wedding time. Yeah, now it's wedding time. Victor's not there. Coop's freaking out, trying to get everyone to help him stall. Because PJ is ready to walk down this aisle at any second. He's like, Tyler, go upstairs. Go tell her that he's running late or something. Doorbell rings. Queen Latifah's at the door. <laughs> Shows up. She's like, I, I got nothing to do. What's up, Nicole? I brought you this shirt and an autograph. And I brought it in person because your letter was so honest. Unlike these other letters that I get that tell me that <laughs> they get trapped in the trunk of their uncle's car and can't drive in the back seat looking oh, at Tyler. Man. So Queen Latifah's come all the way there. I don't know where she lives at this point. Maybe in LA. Probably in New York. She's probably in LA because she's, she's filming, filming a new uh, show, right? Living single. Yeah. And then Coop's like, Oh, Coop's still trying to stall. And he's like, Oh, why you're here? Queen Latifah. Can you do a little song? And uh, she does. She does. And like, there's lots of like awkward head bombing, head bobbing in the crowd. Everyone's just like grooving to it. I don't know. It's weird. It was great. I loved it. And I thought it was hilarious that she, that they just brought in Queen. Like, what's so weird about this to me is that clearly this was all done to promote Living Single. Yeah. But Living Single is on Fox. I was about to say, what show is Living Single on? Yeah, it's channel. on Fox. So it's so strange to me. I don't know what they worked out. They must have done some cross promotion where somebody was on a on on a Fox show to promote. Because they even single. say like they say living yeah. single like promoting yes. it. Yeah. So she must have come on and been like, "All right, fine, I'll do it. I'll bust out a little rhyme for you." And and uh, and as long as I can mention living single at the end. Coop's like, "What's it like living single?" And she's like, "Oh, the show." He's like, "Oh, I was I wasn't talking about the show or something like that. I don't know." People yeah, start leaving at this point, weird. though. Like, all right, yeah, all right. They're like, what the hell's going on? They're like, we've seen Queen Latifah. Now we can go. <laughs> That's the headliner. And also, I mean, PJ's still not coming downstairs. Victor's still not there. Um, they're still, like, Coop and them are all still trying to stall, seeing what they, what they can do to keep people there. Uh, Coop's like, Geneva, play something on the piano. Anything. And then she starts playing the bridal march. And he's like, not that. <laughs> anything but that. 
But uh, that's enough. The first few notes are enough for PJ to start walking down the stairs. Yes. She's looking around. She sees Victor. Oh, wait, hey, wait, there's, there. there's one thing I don't think you mentioned that I, I do want to mention that happened at the beginning of the wedding scene. Uh, did you talk about Vanessa and, and Geneva coming downstairs? Because I feel like you did. Did that already happen? Their hair. Yeah, that happens at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, Because I, I was really disappointed with this scene. Because I was hoping that Vanessa would be like, oh, man, I got to have Geneva do it because I can't find anybody else. And Geneva would do like an awesome job. But instead, what they do is they they have they have Vanessa come down, and she's got the exact same haircut as Geneva has. That like like what do they call it? Mary Tyler Moore cut or something? Something. But there's a lot of jokes throughout, like uh, like calling them like the Double Mint Twins and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The Peppermint Twins or whatever. Well, they they also do compare to some TV show. I forget which one. But yeah, uh, I think it's Patty Duke or something like that. That sounds right. But there's jokes throughout this whole wedding scene, like comparing the two of them and making fun of Vanessa's hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to derail, but I just that was. No, you're was. good. Uh, PJ's just standing on the stairs. I mean, she's worried, nervous. I guess a lot of emotions going through. Sad that maybe he's left her again. Uh, Coop's like, oh no, uh, he had a flat tire and got arrested and got a ticket and ran out of gas and then, what do you know, Victor shows up. All these lies that Coop had just told were actually the truth. Well, he says that's what happened. Is that not what happened? I have a feeling that he's making up the same. He's the joke is here that these two guys are so uncreative with their lies that they make up the same. I mean, he's covered in dirt part. and stuff. I mean, I guess he could have oh, rubbed fair. it on I, his jacket. You are right. You are right. That is fair. He does have some kind of evidence, I guess, to support him. He seems like he's there to marry PJ at this point. Okay. All right. All right. So the official ceremony starts. Um, and just a couple lines into it, Coop screams out loud, and he's like, PJ, I need to talk to you in the kitchen. Takes her in the kitchen, and he tells her the truth. He's like, look, this is what happened. This is why I fired the caterer. They were making out on the front porch. And uh, the two of them have, like, a pretty emotional heart-to-heart at this point, like, admitting a lot of stuff. Um, like, she's admitting to being tough on him at school because she believes in him. She thinks he's a good teacher, and he can be a great teacher, and he's the only one that can, like, help these kids the way he's doing, and that's why she's got him in these places. And she's like, and also, I mean, I might be doing something different if I was in my 20s or 30s, but I'm not, so I'm going to go walk down that aisle. Yes. So we go back to the ceremony. She gets up to the front, and she says no to Victor. She's not going to marry him. <laughs> then Calls him trash. Calls him garbage. She, yeah, what does she say? Like, I wouldn't even take him to my curb or something like yeah, that. I wouldn't even take this trash to the curb. And then she grabs some guy in the front row and says, you want to go to Niagara Falls for the weekend? And this guy looks real excited. I'm like, where did this guy come from? Who's he with? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. This is why I came to this wedding. And then uh, they go off. She throws the bouquet. Vanessa kind of grabs it from some other girl like Doesn't half kind of it. grabs it she rips it out of her hand and then runs out through the kitchen yeah. uh and then where do you watch the show on max uh no on apple on apple uh credit scene did you get just like little still clips Stills. okay yeah. i was like i yeah. wonder if there was like another queen latifah song that the streaming rights didn't get or something like that there might have been i mean there might have that might have just been what happened in you know for you know, for eternity. We got some shots of shots from the episode, like just still shots from the earlier parts of the episode. Yeah. 
So that's it. That's our four episodes this week. This is the point where we rank the episodes. Um, I'm gonna. I'll go first. Um, okay. I'm gonna put. Uh, make sure I feel good about this. I might have changed after we talked a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go. Boy Meets World at four. Coop at three. Step by step at two and family matters at one. All right. I'm definitely different. I'm gonna put step by step at four. Okay. Boy Meets World at three. I think Family Matters at two and Hanging with Mr. Cooper at one. Okay. What'd you like about Coop this week? Queen Latifah. <laughs> Queen Latifah. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a funny episode. I thought it was a good episode. It it, it, it just it was fun. I, I just I honestly I really liked the show. I just think that it's really funny. I think I think Mark Curry's funny. I think Holly Robinson Pete is funny. Um, obviously, I love Nicole and Tyler. I think when you throw PJ and Geneva in there, it, it just is bonus. So I, I, I really like this show. Yeah, um, I thought we were getting our last PJ episode for a few minutes here this week. You know, I did forget to mention one thing about Family Matters because we did get our last Weasel show this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have a feeling they were like, look, we got this new guy we're going to bring in. He's going to be this this Dexter guy. So we got to get rid of somebody. Let's get rid of De- let's get rid of Weasel, bring in Dexter. And then two weeks later, like, man, we made a mistake. I didn't hate Dexter uh, as much as you did. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. I just I, thought it was poorly done. And I love that explosion. The explosion was awesome. Yeah. The explosion was awesome. I still don't understand why you need that Dexter character. Like, why does... Why, why does Steve has a foil in every other every other character? Is his nemesis? Yeah, yeah. He's got plenty of nemesis. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. I didn't, and that's probably what they saw too. We're like, we don't need this guy. Get rid of him. What do we got coming up next week on the show? Uh, a little bit of a short week, so we got three episodes. Uh, Step by Step is on a rerun. So Family Matters season five, episode seventeen. Boy Meets World season one, episode sixteen, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Season two, episode 17. Are we in Valentine's week yet? Or we got one more week till we get some uh, possible Valentine's be, Day episodes? It could be this week or next week. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're in that we're in that zone. So if we're getting them, very, they're coming up soon. Yeah, next I would say in the next two weeks if we're going to have them. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to Ailey for the theme song this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ailey. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own version at TGIFcast on all social media. We'll be back here next week with uh, three new episodes of your favorites to talk about. Yeah. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Podcast.